0: Welcome to Seventeen Strong Victories Don't Come By Accident. Here's your host, Steve Tashera. Thanks, Andy. Steve Cheryl, welcome to another Seventeen Strong podcast. I'm joined by my beautiful wife Holly. Hi. And we also have a special guest with us today. Yay! Would you like to introduce her?
1: Um. Sure. No. Why don't you? You're much better at that.
0: Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you. We have a fiery redhead. Woo! Nurse from UCLA. One of Ryan's uh, favorite nurses. He loved them all, but Meredith Howland had a very special relationship with Ryan. So welcome, yes. Meredith.
2: I am so glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Oh, a little bit about myself. Okay. Well, my name is Meredith. Keep
0: it clean, Meredith. I'm going <laughs> to keep it
2: clean just for you. <clears throat> um, so as Steve said, I've been a nurse for 10 and a half years. I started uh, my career at UCLA and have been there throughout I came into nursing knowing that I wanted to be a pediatric oncology nurse Mm. and was absolutely devastated when they told me that I had to wait a year to start my training. (laughs) It was like my nightmare. But uh, I eventually got to where I wanted to be and um, I love it. I've been just so blessed with my career and all the amazing Kids and families that I've gotten to meet. And yeah, I love it.
0: You know, why pediatrics? It takes a really special person to be an oncology nurse, period, but let alone pediatrics. So why did you choose pediatrics?
2: I love kids which is funny because, well, I'll tell you in a minute, but I love kids, and I always knew that I wanted to work with kids. When I was little, I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician, and then I was like, mm, I don't want to go that much school. <laughs> and so my mom was, uh, she ended up getting her teaching degree while I was still in grade school, and so I watched her, and I was like, oh, yeah, like that's working with kids, and then I realized I'd be responsible for The Future of America, 30 minds, (laughs) five days a week, a little intense. I was like, eh, no, that's not for me. And my mom would tell you that she was actually a little bit concerned about me in my early teen years because I would read these books by an author named Larlene McDaniel, and they were about uh, teenagers who had illnesses. Like cancer, like cystic fibrosis, and they're of course little love stories. And I would just—I couldn't wait for the next one to come out. My mom was just like, "Oh my gosh, she's reading about teenagers that die and have diseases." <laughs> Eventually, she's like, "Now it all makes sense." They <laughs> just kind of oh steered goodness. in that direction. So, um, you know, started out wanting to be a doctor, wanting to work with kids, and I ended up being a nurse that works with kids. I love them so much because, well, I—I I first came in. Wanting to work with like, you know, like the school age kids and, you know, I love them too. But over my 10 years, I found that my two favorite age groups are early school age, like four, five, six. Mm Mm-hmm because so into like the fantasy and princess and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. that you can do with them. Um, and they just keep it real. Like there's no uh, holding back. That's and right. And there's a lot of innocence filter.
0: there too. Yeah. So
2: much innocence and they just tell you straight how it is and what they want to do and what they don't and what they don't like about you. And, and how that much comes they around love you. later
0: in life too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It certainly
2: does. And the other group that I have found I just love so much are the, The older teenagers into young adulthood because it's kind of the same thing. Like they're just real. They Mm -hmm. keep it real. They're Mm -hmm. not messing around. They're going to tell you straight up how they feel. And it it gives you the opportunity to really develop a relationship with them that you don't get to have with the younger kids Mm -hmm. because they understand what's happening to them and they're processing it and they have all these tough questions. And it really gives you the chance to get to know them on a deeper level, which Mm. is what I love about my job. That's
0: awesome. It takes a special person to do that. And we admire all the nurses and doctors and anybody in healthcare that is, especially those that are working with um, oncology and cystic fibrosis. I mean, these are all really sick individuals Mm -hmm. that um, as we know, may or may not make it. And so it takes a very special person to do what you do and and your colleagues do. So we thank you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So tell me, Meredith, what do you remember about meeting us for the first time? I'm kind of curious about this because I just told her, I don't remember meeting her because if you remember in our last podcast, I was all business. I was all business. I was there. I was walking it out and, um, I really wasn't there to make friends, but, I ended up having a few friends. So <laughs> tell me about our first in, our first meeting.
2: Um, well, I don't know if I could directly pinpoint the exact time, but I do remember the first time I met Ryan, he was in room thirty-five nineteen.
1: And right across from the nurses' station. That's right.
2: And I hadn't really taken care of him for I wanna say the first couple weeks that um, he had been there. And all my colleagues were like, oh my gosh, have, have you taken care of Ryan yet? And I'm like, no, but I'm hearing good things. And everybody's like, oh, you're going to love him. And I was mm. like, oh man, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I remember meeting him for the first time. And, um, you know, just like in everyday life, there's just some people you instantly click with, right? Totally. Yep. The minute I walked in that room, I was like, oh, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> I can feel it. I can sense it. And we both, I mean, I think I have kind of, you know, a big personality. Yeah, I would kind say of a big just one. A little
0: bit. <laughs> I, I disagree with that.
2: <laughs> and Orion had a larger than life personality and it was fun. We almost we just like fed off each other and we got along so well and it was jokes and laughter and fun. Um the first time we met and Steve was was very Social. He was a very social guy when I first met him. Just chatty. We had a good time. Um, And of course, our relationship grew as I continued to take care of Ryan. And I remember meeting Holly and she was very, she wasn't rude. She was polite. She'd say hi. Um,
0: But she was zoned in.
2: She was totally zoned in. And I actually have a story about it. There <laughs> um, we go. Yeah. So I I actually I've been listening to all the podcasts. And so when Holly was talking about how she was zoned in, I was like, oh, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> um, I remember one time um Ryan had got chemo and his counts dropped and when you have AML, you're really already almost like a transplant patient because you're just so much more susceptible to infection. And, um, so his counts had dropped. He got really sick. He was septic. He had to go up to the ICU for a little bit and he came back down. He was stable, but he was still very sick. And, uh, he was actually getting IV Tylenol around the clock at the time. And I remember, uh, Maricel, one of my, colleagues that I love very much um we she was actually nice. <laughs> she was actually his nurse that night and she and I were standing at the nurse's station talking and Ryan was still in room 19 at the time which was across from the nurse's station and I remember watching Holly walk out and she walked up to Marisol and just started telling her you know has it been six hours I think it's time for his Tylenol and I just remember trying to like interject and talk she wouldn't even look at me it was just like (laughs) locked in on on mariselle and i was like hi holly nothing i was getting nothing it was tunnel vision right at mariselle it was i was like oh man she means business she's like she's locked in here yeah um she was in
1: mama mode big time mama mode so um I have no excuse. I just, I, that I, I knew. know it was exactly like that too. It was very, um, it was very hard for me. I think we, we talked a little bit about it and, you know, we had done this once before at the Santa Monica off, um, hospital and I was, you know, I got to know all the nurses and it was, you know, warm and fuzzy. And then you, you know. I'm like, shoot, This you
0: were dancing in Santa Monica. I was
1: dancing in Santa Monica. We were in the halls dancing with Santa Monica. And I just felt like there was such a um, shift, you know, when you're inpatient all the time and you're isolated and it's on a floor where, you know, there's pediatrics everywhere and it's hard. It's a hard floor to go on in a good day on a good day. So I was just, I was, I was, I I was tunnel vision and let's get this, let's get this done and over with is what I kept thinking, you know, and and then you meet these wonderful people and you're not thinking, oh my gosh, this is their, this is what they do. They, you know, they this is their work, you know, where I was like, I hope I never have to do this and I never have to see these people again. <laughs> and it would be very hard for me to go on that third floor in UCLA or even go into UCLA anymore. But um it, it's it, You guys have a tough job, but I love getting to know a lot of them there. It was neat.
2: We broke her down eventually.
1: They did. We We got in there. Yes, they did. We cracked that shell. (laughs) She came to love us. I know. That's right. That's right. In the worst situation possible, you know. So, um, okay. So tell me, um, there was a situation where you and Ryan were singing together and I would like to know how that came about or do you know?
2: I have I have like a vague recollection. Um as Steve will tell you, every time I would come into a room, I I have a song to sing. I don't know. I just have a song in my or heart. You
0: were wearing a princess garb, Absolutely, something a in crown, your crown. I mean you
2: something it was sparkly. always something
0: different. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. You know, you gotta keep it fun, keep that's it light, right? right? <laughs> and I am a princess, so that's right. Might as well dress like one. Um so I don't know. I mean, Ryan, actually, I remember two videos that he did. He did the music video, the take on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then I remember him also showing me one that he and Nicole did where they did Baby It's Cold Outside. Yep. But he sang the girl part. And Nicole sang the boy part.
0: Yes. Right. And... That was Christmas time in was, the hospital.
1: That yeah. was Christmas time. I yeah. was the one that was videoing. Oh, that. were you? <laughs> you didn't look, it must have been Christmas time, so you were probably out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I
2: remember those videos. And I don't know, I, I may have just started asking Ryan and probably tried to force him to sing with me. And we were trying to decide on a song that we both knew. And, you know, Frozen was pretty popular at the time. <laughs>
0: It still is. Uh, It still is. (laughs) You know, Frozen's
2: big and (laughs) something that Ryan and I could agree upon. And so. Do you want to build a snowman? It kind of
1: became our song. It yeah, really was. It, did. it, it did. really was. Yes,
0: and that will make an appearance on this podcast. Oh, I, I still yeah. have the video. So.
1: <laughs> the outtakes were probably my favorite. <laughs> well, outtakes were so good. They were so good. It yeah, so the, good. the outtakes. It took them several times, and they several. were yelling at each other that you're singing my part. Well, you missed. You didn't even <laughs> remember the words, and they were going on and on. And oh, it was. It was more so his fault than mine. Let's just <laughs>
2: let's just get that straight. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Not that <laughs> sounds sounds, says it all right there says it all that is that was fun that was, was actually fun. one of those fun things that we did in the hospital and um kept that monot, you know it was just so every day was the same so it was nice to um do some fun things like that yeah that was awesome um do you have like a favorite moment I have a favorite moment well I can we <laughs>
2: we revisited this recently um I, something that kind of happens when you get to know, uh, a patient and their family and their friends and their significant others, you kind of become protective. Like, (laughs) I mean, I I couldn't, I mean, could I technically have been Ryan's mom? I don't think so. I don't think I could have technically been his mom, but you kind of, you kind of take on this mom persona sometimes, especially when their family's not there. And, um, he was in the hospital waiting for his counts to recover. And again, he was feeling good at was, this point. He was feeling real good at this point. Yes. And he was still in room 19 across from the nurse's station. And I was going to be his nurse that night and I got report. And, um, typically when we end report, we always say who's at the bedside with them, you know, m- mom's at the bedside or brothers at the bedside. And, this particular night, I got girlfriends at the bedside. I was like, oh, cool, Nicole's here, great. And we walk in there and my I just, my face, I just like tensed up. I go, that ain't Nicole, <laughs> who's that girl? Who's that girl? So I was trying to hold it together when I was in the room and I'm just like looking around, I'm looking at Ryan. I was like, ooh, he's gonna get it. <laughs> so I come out of the room, I close the door and I said to my colleague, that's not his girlfriend. Who is that? And she was like, Oh, I thought that was his girlfriend. I was like, Oh, man, he's in trouble. You best believe I was in there patrolling. I'm like, Who this girl? I go in there. and was like, Oh, I haven't seen you before. She's like, Oh, hi. Her name was Land- Landon. Landon. Sweet girl. Super sweet. But I was Team Nicole, so (laughs) I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Ryan's like looking at me. I'm in and out of the room like more than I need to be because (laughs) he's doing real well at this point. I might have let the door crack a couple of times. I'm not playing. My Ryan was not going to be that
1: guy, you know. That was so funny, not going to be that okay. guy. Let me let me explain. <laughs> That's my favorite story with Meredith as well, and I have to. I just rolled when I heard this story because you got to understand that Ryan's in the hospital day in day out, and he's eye rolling. Steve and I, and you know, like I, I'm feeling good. Like go out and do something. So right. Landon lived in. LA area. She went to school there. Yeah. Well, Landon was his tutor in math in high school. And so we kept in contact with her. And, um, and when we were in Santa Monica, she did many visits would, you know, bring him food that he was craving or, um, and then at Westwood, it was so nice to be able to call her and she was, you know, 20 minutes away so that we can just grab a bite to eat, you know, or whatever whatever the situation was. And this was one of those times that we were out and um, Landon got to, I think they were watching a movie and some movie that They're they were...
2: sitting on the couch. They were sitting on the couch together.
1: They were sitting on the couch watching a movie and let me tell you, Meredith like was mom checking him the whole time, <laughs> making sure, and she was truly team Nicole for sure. So I love you, Nicole. <laughs> yes, it was a big shout out there. So anyway, and we do love Landon and she was great for us. Landon, as parents. your sweetheart. No hard feelings. No hard feelings but, at all. But it was it was it was the whole thing that she thought it was she was walking in to see Nicole because Nicole would be there a lot of the time. Um, so it was um it was such a funny moment. Um and, and I think that she would appreciate it now. Yeah. <laughs> she would so appreciate that. And I know that she felt it too. She's like, I don't know what's wrong with that girl, but she keeps coming
0: in here. <laughs> But it was for all,
1: all, all, of it was good. All of it was good. But, um, yeah, that was Ryan
0: just enjoyed having his friends around. He Absolutely. Really had, you know, the boys made trucks down there, um, you know, okay. Landon lived down there. So she'd come by and see him occasionally. And then, you know, of course, Nicole every other weekend or as much as she could get down there. Absolutely. So, and it's, I mean, you could interject on this, uh, Meredith, but it's so important to have a support system around you, hundred
2: percent.
0: And you know, it's one thing for the parents to be there, but friends add a whole nother element of a support to these people.
2: They do, and it's it always amazes me. I mean, being a teenager, a young adult is hard in general. You're still yeah. trying to find yourself, figure yourself out, and then having someone close to you that you love who gets a chronic illness or a disease and tacking that on um, that the person like Ryan, you lose your sense of normalcy. And so a lot of times you'll see, you'll see friends kind of start to drift away a little bit because one, they're still moving with their lives, moving forward, especially at the age Ryan is at, they're all going off to college or getting jobs or, you know, they've got girlfriends now. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times you see, that those relationships kind of slip because there's just nothing that they're able to relate to with each mm-hmm. other. Um, but that was so not the case with Ryan. He was so loved and so supported by his friends. They were there for him and, um, of course, Nicole was there for him, and so yeah. that really makes my heart happy when I see you that. see that for sure, for sure.
1: now, um, this might be an interesting question, but i'm I'm curious, what do you think made um Ryan different from maybe other patients that you see all the time?
2: You mean for me, yeah, for
1: you personally for me
2: um I mean, honestly, I don't know how you, you didn't love Ryan. Ryan was he was just infectious. Like I said, from the first time I saw him, it was just like click. You just, you just know. Um, and I will tell you that over, (laughs) over my 10 years, there have been, um, a handful of people, Ryan included that have really, um, affected me as a person. And of course, as a nurse and, you know, the first time you lose a patient, um, it's, obviously devastating and then you tell yourself okay I gotta put up these walls I have to self-protect and in a sense you do right um because there's unfortunately a lot of patients and a lot of families um that come through the hospital um so you do well for a little while and then just so happens you meet another one of those patients that you just click with and you're like oh it's gonna happen (laughs) like it's done for they've got me Mm -hmm. and Usually it's the first time you meet them you know and that's how it was with Ryan and I just I loved his attitude and um his personality he was just he was always on even even when he didn't feel well he was on yeah just such a loving and caring person I every time I took care of him he asked me how I was he would ask me about you know what was going on in my life and it really I was his nurse. I was his caregiver, but also I was his friend and just being able to develop that type of a relationship um, is so special.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And with that, you can see why Ryan wanted to start 17 strong. Absolutely. Because he loved people. That was his nature. And he felt just like we've talked so many times that anybody that goes through this hell needs something to look forward to. That's right.
1: That's right. no, Tell me Meredith 17 strong was already established by the time he was at UCLA. What how did you find out about it? Ryan I had a discussion about it actually. Oh, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah,
2: that. so he well he he was telling me about it. Um uh I you know I was I was lucky. Ryan and I got to have like some good one-on-one conversations. Um and so I remember I think Steve was probably in the room, um, but he was telling me about the foundation and um, and, you know, where he wanted it to go and what he wanted it to be eventually.
1: And and what was that? Tell me. Did he say did he say what did he tell you? How did he want it to go? Like He how- wanted to
2: be able to send any and every young adult that had been through something similar to what he's been through yeah. on a trip because they deserve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was all about that. Like you guys have said, they they need something to look forward to yep. and to know that that's an opportunity for them. Like, I don't know, it's it's something to work towards um, mm-hmm. while you're going through it and just knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I think it's pretty
1: cool that he had conversations with you about that. Yeah. Because he didn't talk about it. To a lot of people. Yeah. Well, so I didn't special. know that. I didn't know that. Well, I feel special. Well, she wasn't that
0: special. She yeah. didn't have a duck call.
1: She didn't have a duck well, call, listen, but he didn't bring those, too. He to. didn't bring those. He Don't didn't. make me feel bad about myself. I know, right? He didn't bring those there. And was, you know what? It probably would have been.
0: a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have gotten in trouble at UCLA. I think he would have. He would have been <laughs> in trouble, big, like
1: he wasn't already. Sure. But I do remember one thing that... um the i don't remember who what the organization was but they came around during christmas time and they would give gifts to you know some of the patients and i remember one of the gifts that they got cuz a lot of it is i mean we're on a pediatric floor right, so a lot kids. of it was geared towards really yeah, small yeah, okay. kids but he did find a um nerf gun and wow. he was so convinced, I am getting this Nerf gun. And when Meredith comes to work, she's getting it. And I got and it. sure enough, <laughs> she walked through that door and he went unloaded. unloaded. Nailed me. Yes. And you were screaming halfway down the hall. He's like smiling from ear to ear. I got her good. Oh, That'd be good. That's for sure. <laughs> that was funny. So you do remember that? I do remember that. Yes. I yeah, he got the, That's do. all he thought about was that Nerf gun. I'm going to get her. I'm going to nail her. Yeah, but you know, he knew he had that type of relationship with Meredith. There wasn't like, um, you know, a couple of them he wouldn't have done that too. Yeah. Because no. you and him joked and had fun. And, we and did. Yeah, he had a
0: different relationship with all of his nurses. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Cause Chloe, I'll never forget poor Chloe. And then, you know, the one that actually did his bone marrow transplant was Katie mm-hmm. and he loved Katie, but it was a different relationship. Yeah. So yeah, he didn't get that gun for her. <laughs> he did not. He did not
0: get that nerf gun. He knew he could, who he could pull it off. Oh,
1: totally. <laughs> totally. That was, that was fun. That was, I a, don't know why he thought it was me. I mean, honestly, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Steve, do you have any questions?
0: What would you Meredith tell um, maybe parents or anybody that's getting ready that they just found out bad news that, you know, I have a cancer. What, what kind of advice do you have for them as they prepared to, you know, go on this new journey of their life?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, really just take it a day at a time because it's overwhelming just hearing the word cancer in general and then have it being related to your child, your, your baby. It's, it's just intense and overwhelming and you don't really, your mind kind of goes out of control about what's going to happen. Where's this going to go? And, um, so really, really trying to take it a day at a time and, um, let it sink in and never be afraid to ask questions. You have every right to know what's going to happen to your child and question it if it doesn't feel right. Um,
0: You have to be your own advocate.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Big supporter of that. Um, You you're entrusting your lives to, you know, professionals. And of course there's always the best intent, but you have every right to determine whether or not that's what's best for your child um, Mm -hmm. together make decisions together. It's not a dictatorship. Um, you should be involved in the decisions and the choices and really just really trying to love one another within your family. Just, it's such an intense and emotional time. And you tend to see a lot of um, tension and turmoil in relationships between mom and dad, or yeah. um, well, issues the with stress. Absolutely, yeah,
0: is enough to tear any family apart. A hundred percent,
2: and unfortunately, it happens. And siblings, don't forget about their brothers and sisters, yeah. because especially when they're they're younger. Um, and our child life program at UCLA is really great about mm-hmm. getting a hold of those those kids, their their brothers and sisters, and talking about. What's going on with their mm. sibling, and just remembering that they still need love and they also deserve to understand what's going on with their brother or sister mm. and at an age appropriate level, Absolutely. of course, sure. but sure. not isolating them, just really trying to maintain your family and get through it together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your child life program is amazing, yes, and it's because of them that uh, Ryan had the opportunity to be friends with Justin Turner, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Were you there that day? I was not. Oh,
2: bummer. <laughs> but you know, I remember, and one of the things that always makes me laugh about Ryan is, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong, but
0: <laughs> not um, according to your sweatshirt. Not according
2: to my sweatshirt. Tell them what it says, Steve.
0: It says I may be wrong, but I doubt it. Uh-huh. I
2: doubt it. <laughs> um, so I think the day he didn't know that Ryan Turner was coming; it was a surprise. Justin, Justin. Oh, was coming. I'm so sorry. Can
0: no, we're not going to edit that because I want Justin to hear exactly what yes, you said. Yes, of
2: course.
1: No. Of
0: course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but go ahead.
1: You you do you definitely have a story here. I can tell. Okay, I'm sorry, Justin.
2: Justin Turner. Um, I remember Holly telling me. Well. One thing about Ryan is he was just like the shirtless wonder. Ryan never wanted to wear a shirt. Like he was just always half naked. Like, <laughs> always.
1: And, I, and is that something you talked about at the nurses station? You know what? I think we, it was. It,
2: it was. I mean, it was just, it was hilarious. He just never wanted to wear a shirt. It was Everybody like a else thing. on
0: the floors and PJs and Ryan's and just basketball shorts. And that's it. Yeah, and that's it. Shirtless that's wonder. That's, that's hilarious. hilarious.
2: He's a shirtless wonder. And I think that you were telling him he needed to put a shirt
1: on. Yep. And he was like, why? Why got I to put a shirt on? Like, he was fighting it. And- he was. He was fighting it. And <laughs> I did. Uh, and he goes, you're acting like somebody's coming. And, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, Steve and I were there. And Aaron was there. And Nicole was there. Yeah. I mean, like, we right before all Christmas. these people. Yeah. So, and I I mean, he he definitely had the he big knew, red flag. Yeah, he big red flag. Yeah. But you got to put the shirt on for put a the photo the op. Shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't be half naked in a That's photo right. op, you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So are there any other um, things that we needed to, or that you guys talked about behind um, uh, that nurse's station that could come out now? You know the what? shirtless wonder is one.
2: Yeah. Ryan was always shirtless. Um, everyone was always super impressed by your guys' bunk beds in the corner.
1: And you know, did you, I yes, saw them. They're right the behind bunk beds. me. We are there in our <laughs> podcast room and yes, our bunk beds. We were, people would actually come into the hospital and look at them. They would, yeah. yeah just
0: would, to see them. Just yeah. to see them. Yeah, yeah. It was a and highlight.
1: It was a highlight. So just for like the people that don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had these cots and they were... They're
0: disc beds.
1: Oh, they're disc beds. Here's mm-hmm. a little, yeah,
0: infomercial on that. Get it right. And, um, yeah.
1: So anyway, I slept always on the top bunk. And so I was basically, I'm a little
0: too big for the top.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So he was on the bottom and, um, anyway, we all, we always set them up. That's yeah. where we were in yeah. every room. That was our that home. We, yeah. That was, It yeah. was your home. Yeah. yeah so I don't right. feel bad for people that have to sleep on these because I slept on them for months. Yes, yeah. you did. Months. You so were a trooper. Yes, I was a trooper. Yes. Yes. So and bunk
2: beds, I forgot. Yeah. The bunk beds, they were a big hit. Um, everybody loved Ryan. It's, I don't know anybody who doesn't love Ryan. So, um, to this day we still talk about him. Um, when we get new patients that kinda of remind us of him, everybody. Everybody kinda of says, Oh, makes me think of Ryan and um and that's how it is with a lot of these kids. They're they may be gone, but they're definitely not forgotten. Definitely yeah. not by us. Um They spend so much time with us and we spend so much time with them. And it's just this incredible bond that we get to have. And I um in no means am happy that anyone gets cancer. Obviously I spend my life. I chose to um, take care of those and hopefully get rid of those who get rid of cancer for those who have it. Mm -hmm. But um I actually, about a year ago, had um, saw on Facebook um, a mom of one of my patients that I was actually telling Holly a little bit about. Her name is Alexa, um, and I first met her when she was five, and she is now 12. It's insane. Um, and about a year ago, she, Alexa was getting ready for bed, and she asked her mom something along the lines of, Mommy, are you happy that I had to go to the hospital and get chemo? And her mom was like, no, Alexa, why would that make me happy? That doesn't make me happy. And Alexa said, well, it makes me happy because otherwise I never would have met all of the doctors and the nurses and the other patients that I love so much. And again, not that I ever want anybody to have cancer, but Kind of made me think like there's a bigger picture. Like, mm-hmm. had I never had had Ryan not gotten sick, I never would have met him. I never would have met you guys. Mm-hmm. And I I hate the way that it ended, but I'm so blessed to have known him and to still get to have a relationship with you. Yes,
1: guys. and we do have a relationship with Meredith, and she's helped out with the Justin Turner Foundation Sorry, golf Justin. tournament. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's also helping out with our Victorship Reveal and she's done um, a lot of things. So we're thankful to have you in our lives. And we are, um, even though I was probably, you're not at your best. You're really not. I'm not, I'm not going to um, apologize for it. You but shouldn't. There is, um is, there, there, you're just not, you're not a hundred percent. And I, I don't know that I'll ever be a hundred percent to be honest. Um, but I do. I'm so thankful for his nonprofit that he started. And you, do you remember that he, he wrote a book? I and remember were you there. I remember the first time he read it to me. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. He Cause was, that was
2: one thing he did in the hospital. He sure did. Yeah. Um, he was in room 35. So last room in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember coming in, I was taking care of him. I took care of him a lot. <laughs> um, and he told me, I wrote a book. I was like, I wrote a book, all right, okay. <laughs> and I said, well, let's hear it. And he was like, you want me to read it to you? I'm like, yeah, I want you to read it to me. So I remember I walked around um, on the other side of his bed. So closest to the window where yep. the bunk beds were set up. And
1: I sat down on the bed
2: and he read it to me. And I was like, you know what? This is super
1: special. Yeah. And what, what did he read it off of? I've been wanting to know, what did he write it on? It it was on a, it was on his phone. Oh, it was on his phone. Yeah. He had it on his his phone. Uh, Okay. Okay. Because was Nicole there at the time? She was not there. Nicole had left. This was the one night, I think two nights we had discovered That he slept at the hospital by himself. and Only two? Only two. And so what happened, this was one of the nights, and I think I had recalled this on one of the podcasts previously, is that she um, had left at like 6 or 7, and she told me. And at the time, you know, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to write this book while she's gone, (laughs) you know? And so because it was an assignment that Debbie— had given them both. Yeah. And so it took him an hour. And so of course, she, Nicole calls me and says, okay, well, I left. Um, he's he's fine. Everything's good. He'll call you if anything's going, you know, if anything's wrong, but um, we were going to be there, you know, eight o'clock in the morning right. or whatever. And so I get a phone call at like nine, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And you know, I'm, we'll be there in the morning. And, and he said, no, I wrote a book. Said the same thing to us. I wrote a, I book. Wrote a book. I wrote a book. <laughs> I'm like,
2: a that's, book? that's just Ryan. Whenever yeah.
1: he decided he was going to do it, he that's, did it. He did it. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. It's such a cute book. And I love it because we, we do book reads at um, our local schools and we're always looking for avenues to spread the book. And people will tell me I'm I love it. I love the book, but well, I always have to tell them, it's not about cancer. It has nothing to do with cancer. Right. It's about a cute little toad. And so, I
2: learned on your last podcast that it was a family game you guys used to
1: play. I yes. knew that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he always cool. would come home with these crazy little riddles too. And so he would let us, it, it took me probably three days to get up with the the actual Um, code that's in the book and I was just you're just thinking too hard you know I'm like oh my goodness it's so simple but yet so hard you know (laughs) but yeah leave it to him to put it in the book so it was it's special it's super special special. and I thought that Nicole kind of nailed it she said we both tackled our strength yeah so that was really cool because when it was you know poem time for Ryan he you know during school he would just whip those out in two seconds I think he'd tell Aaron let me just do it for you because he was so good at it you know he could just whip them out and he loved it yeah lucky Aaron (laughs) so um but anyway that was um that was really cool that he that he did that and you I think a lot of the nurses realized it what he was doing but yeah
0: well with that I think it's time we wrap up this podcast and uh, I think it's so important that we mention that legacy that Ryan left behind, you know, a legacy to a lot of people means things. It means money. It means a house. It means what's in your will. That's not what Ryan's legacy was. Mm -mm. Ryan's legacy was about loving one another and it was about cherishing uh, life. And I think that's so important that, we remember that, especially in this day and age with where we're at. Um, We've become such an eye society that it's so important to put others first. And that's with 17 strong. That's what we're doing is we're putting other young adults first, something Mm -hmm. that Ryan really cherished. So yes, with that Meredith, thank you so much for joining us. Thank
2: you for having me.
0: And we're going to wrap up another podcast for 17 strong. Remember attitude is everything.
2: Do you want to build a snowman?
0: Come on, let's go and
2: play. I never see you anymore.
0: Come out the door.
2: It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies.
0: But now we're
2: not. I wish you would tell me why.
0: Do you want to build a snowman?
2: It doesn't have to be a snowman.
0: Okay, bye. You've been listening to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. To be part of the show, make a donation, or request more information, go to 17strong.org. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-E-E-N strong.org.